I'm John Green, and this is Performance Check. For those of you who've never had the chance to listen to the show before, Performance Check is a monthly show focused on how to be better role players. Some shows focus on skills to use at the table to make more interesting and memorable characters that really shine. Other shows, like this one for example, will be interviews with players from actual play podcasts or from Twitch streams. And we'll be learning how they've crafted their characters and hopefully what we can learn from them. Uh, Performance Check isn't about mechanics or making the best build or the most technical character. It's about making those characters that people remember and love for years to come, and hopefully that will stretch us as players. Uh, One quick note before we continue. The audio for this was a little bit rough. Uh, I've tried to clean it up in post, but you may notice more background noise and weird audio levels than you normally would. Uh, It doesn't affect things. You can still hear everything like normal, but just wanted to give everyone a heads up if you're wondering why it sounds a little bit off. Uh, okay, sorry, back to the show. Today we're going to be talking with the cast of Neoscum, a Shattered Run actual play podcast on the OneShot Network. I'll let them explain it in a bit more detail, but if you like actual plays with tons of improv, gratuitous violence, mustache-based disguises, cyborg bison, and future Chris Pratt singing the anti-wizard ABCs, uh, this is the podcast for you. So, quickly, let's, uh, let's go around and uh, meet the cast. Uh, Mike, let's go ahead and start with you. Hey, I'm Mike Migdahl. I play Dak Rambo on Neo Scum. Okay. That's my name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, tell me, like, what's uh, kind of your background? How did you get involved in this? Oh, cool. So um, I do improv in Chicago, and I also have always really wanted to play role-playing games. Um, growing up, I never really had uh, any venues to do that, so... Um, I had a job at a, like a crummy office that I didn't like with my good friend Gannon. And I would listen to these like shadow run actual play podcasts because I like cyberpunk stuff and I would listen to it and I would just be like, man, I could be doing this with my friends. And I know that Gannon is a great GM from, uh, being his roommate at the time as well. And knowing that he, he did a lot of hero quest games. So um, we talked about it and we started a campaign with the hope of making it an actual play podcast. And we, we probably re- recorded and re-recorded so many different first episodes uh, over like the span of like a year yeah. before we got to what is actually the first episode. Mm-hmm. And there was even discussion about like re-recording that and doing a new first episode. But we were like, you know, what? we just got to throw it out there. Um, so that was like about two years ago. Uh, and then Neoscom has finally been released this I think January or February. February, I think. So it's it's finally out, and we're having fun, and we're learning, and um, yeah, that's sort of my background. All right. Uh, so Gannon, as the GM, I'm actually going to get to you at the very end. Uh, so uh, Blair, uh, what about you? Hey. Uh, oh yeah. Well, go ahead. I was just kind of so yeah. Same thing. Like, what's a little bit of your background? How did you get involved in this? Uh, what's your character? Uh, yeah, so my name is Blair Britt, and I play Zenith on Neoscum. Um, uh, sort of my like path into this is similar to Mike's. Uh, I also do improv in Chicago, and uh, yeah, actually Mike and I used to be on an improv team together. And uh, it's funny he mentioned sort of the like uh, sort of the precursor to the actual play podcast was this Shadowrun campaign. And uh, I've done I played D and D a few times with Mike. Um, and then uh, at one point he approached me about uh, Shadowrun, and I'd never heard of the game before, but as soon as I started looking into it, it was like, oh, this is like D&D with the Matrix and with robots and stuff. So I was immediately <laughs> like, yeah, this is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so we just sort of like started messing around. Uh, and it's funny we talk about like first episodes and stuff, because I actually had, uh, there was even like more, like there was, Zenith is one of the characters I came up with, but then there was another character I was playing with for a while who was just like, the total opposite and was probably more gratuitously violent than uh, <laughs> like setup would be. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> We're very violent. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, Eleni, what about you? Hello. My name is Eleni Sobacho. Um, I play Pox on Neo Scum. Uh, I got involved because of Mike. We were on an improv team together called Outlaw. R.I.P. Outlaw. And then we were on another improv team together called Thank You, Martha. R.I.P. Thank You, Martha. (laughs) (laughs) For now. For now. Who knows? (laughs) We may come back. Um, uh, Yeah, I was actually just looking for the original message because I have it somewhere. uh, And it's just a message Mike sent me that says, 
hey, me and my friends are going to record a podcast. Do you want to be on it? I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Oh, it's a hard sell. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, was like, All right, great. I'm pretty sure I said like 10 more words. Yeah, he said like, it's about a game called Shadowrun, a cyberpunk something something. And I was like, yeah, great. That sounds fun. Um, yes, any opportunity to work with Mike is fun. And now the rest of these guys are good friends of mine. Uh, the very first episode, I don't know. I feel like uh, that was one of my first times hanging out with everybody, so yeah. I'm maybe a little more nervous on that episode than any other one, and you can probably tell if now that I've said that out loud. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, because <laughs> well, if you listen in the future, I think I sort of come out of my shell a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm an improviser and actor in Chicago, and that's, that's me. All right, fantastic. Um, and Casey... Let's get to you. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm Casey Tony, and uh, I play the tech wizard. And I actually, I, I feel like I got um, wrapped up in this whole thing. I mean, it, uh, similar circumstances to everybody, but at the same time, uh, Mike and I actually had just a, a mutual friend. Um, when I moved to Chicago a few years ago, um, this friend put out a like a post on Facebook uh, saying like, hey, my friend Casey's moving to Chicago. He needs roommates, blah, 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 if you're looking for somebody. And, you know, Mike responded to that. And I moved in with Mike and Gannon like immediate, not immediately after I met them, but I knew we knew that uh, it was a right fit after that. And uh, I also do uh, um, improv and, and acting and all that uh, out here. But it was it, it really felt like felt like a. a serendipitous event that I got wrapped up in in these guys li lives and yeah just uh, then after that it all unfolds like everybody else's everybody else's story all right cool and uh Gannon so uh, yeah tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you came up with the concept for the game and kind of the basic I mean where everything is going because it's it's nuts in a fantastic way that's like like you dig it um my name is Gannon Reedy. I uh, I'm the GM for Neo Scum. I um, same you know me and Mike were working at this at this um, place where we were scheduling appointments for um, people to like truckers to unload. Gosh. Just uh, we weren't talking at truckers, which would have been cool. We were talking to like receiving places, like for like unloading all this crap. It's very tedious, like quota based. Uh, job and then Mike was like, "Hey, have you heard about Shadowrun?" And I was listening to Harmontown a lot at the time, and they just started trying to play Shadowrun. And I was I've been interested in role playing games for a long time. As a as a kid, I never got to play D and D or anything like that. But I had cousins who had this board game called HeroQuest, which has it's 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 not in production anymore. But um, if you look up the cover artwork for HeroQuest, it's like the, the like the perfect sort of like Frank. Uh, Franzetta yeah. sort of looking, it's not by him, but it's like one of those sort of images with like a big beefy barbarian swinging a sword. It was like just the, the image of the box and just like looking through this box as a kid when I would visit my cousins was enough to like make me want to be able to play these kinds of games. So as an adult in my sophomore year of college, I uh, bought HeroQuest and would run HeroQuest games, which started just like running it off of the book that came with HeroQuest, but eventually like I just started like building my own HeroQuest universe uh, and uh, making up my own rules and like filling in the areas where this little board game uh, didn't. So, 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 so Mike knew that I had a history of doing these sorts of GME tech things, suggested we check out Shadowrun. I was interested. So we bought this book and I read through it. I'm still reading it because it's super complicated. It's, That's a dense book, yeah. There's a yeah. billion rules for like every single thing. Some people in this group like that. I'm <laughs> one of them. Some people don't. Some people are like, Jesus Christ. I, I, I appreciate how much rules there are for all these things. Anyway, this is sort of, sort of a separate note. But yeah, we, we got into like playing this. And yeah, I kind of didn't realize it's been like two years um, since we started working on it. It, it. it does not feel that long. Yeah. When like I shortly after I moved in with you guys, we're like, hey, we're gonna we're playing uh, this game called Shadowrun. We're gonna have like a session at our house. You know, do you want to try this out? And 
I remember meeting Blair for the first time there and uh, meeting James D'Amato there for the first time <laughs> at this, like, this <laughs> this session of Shadowrun that had probably nine people or something like that. It, it was... We had way too many people at our... This one Shadowrun game. It was, like, too many people. It was in a hot apartment. I remember being very hot. <laughs> we were all crowded around, like, a table. I had an hour of sleep the night before. Yeah. And I think one combat round took literally, like... 45 minutes just I, to get around the entire yeah, table. That, that sounds like a shadow run, yeah. He was yeah. still like, okay, I shoot him, and I'd have to be like, okay, hold on, hold on. You, you, you shoot him with your gun. Okay, so it's one bullet, right? Hold on. That's not the right page. Okay. Ah. And it's it like, you know, just like 20 minutes of that for the smallest thing. We've gotten a little better since, but uh, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, in terms of like constructing this world, um, I really like the opportunity to GM because it's like I get to take everything that I like in my day to day, the things, you know, the music I like, the imagery I like from art, the films, the stories that I like and all of my ideas and perceptions of the world. And I just get to throw it into like a big old pot and just like it's all in there. And I, I, you know, I can I can make points. So like maybe these guys will run into this thing or this thing or this thing, but it's all, I just have like this general idea of this world that I believe in. And, and, um, and, and then these guys just get to run through it and bonk and run off of all the ideas that I have and, and, and really just sort of like broaden it and make it a bigger thing. So uh, I'd say I am not a plot focused kind of GM guy. I just, I just don't believe that that's a realistic like, like in our day-to-day, -day, in our lives, we, we don't live plot-based lives. We just live lives. So I, I, I always am sort of irked when I read, like, a like a and d book or something that's like, oh, you know, and, you know, you should really consider the plot, making sure you're hitting these beats. You know, like, the plot, plot happens naturally. I'm more interested in providing a world that is so open and free that you can be like, yeah, you know, actually, I think I would like to cross town and, like, check out, they got me, like... Got any video bars? Let's go to the video bar. What's that guy doing over there? Okay, I want to go follow that guy home. Okay, I'm going to talk to the guy who's standing outside of that guy's house. And, um, you know, it's to, to be able to provide a world where the players can engage with it as much as they'd like so that they can make their own discoveries. Right. Uh, you hit on a lot of things there, and actually I want to discuss a lot of them. Uh, before we do that, I quickly need to uh, take a break so we can get a word from our sponsor, Noble Knight Games. Noble Knight is a long-standing game store specializing in finding out-of-print games while also offering the newest great releases. Including D&D? They got it from any edition. That's right, all of them. What if I want a board game? Card game, minis, or dice? Noble Knight has it all and at a discounted price. In fact, Noble Knight has over 30,000 unique items on stock. And you know you can trust this Better Business Bureau accredited store with a satisfaction guarantee. Yeah, but I've bought too many things over the years. How can I justify spending even more? Good thing we're talking about Noble Knight, then. They'll buy your old gaming things and offer you cash or trade, so you'll be able to keep up with all the great gaming stuff you want. Check them out at noblenight.com. Wow, I'll go today. And be sure to tell them the Tome Show sent you. All right, so we're back. Um... Okay, there's a lot of points that I want to discuss, but the most important critical one I want to get to first is where did you get the theme song? Because it's amazing. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. You went on a deep dive for this, right? Yeah. Like, do you know everything about this song? Oh, that's, oh man, that's the thing. So the theme song is kind of like, <laughs> like I'm honestly like nervous talking about it now because it's kind of a, it's kind of a mystery. Uh, we, we, we came across it on the internet and I, I have, I, I think spent over like over eight hours trying to track the source of this song and I got pretty far back. 
Um, but but we honestly we can't locate it. Uh, we think it might be, we think it might be from an obscure Canadian movie from the eighties. <laughs> yeah, and it's like as as a song that played like in the background during one part. We like scrubbed the whole movie and we couldn't find that song. But like all signs point to that song being associated. Like maybe it didn't make it into the movie, but it was made because of the movie. And we think, you know, we're, we're yeah, who knows? Like, here's the, like, it's like, here's, it's like, I get, uh, yeah, I'm just, like, we wanted so badly. I'm honestly, I'm nervous talking about this. Here's the like, thing. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. The reason we're nervous talking about it is the potential of a higher party coming down and being like, hey, you don't have permission to use that. We're going to need you to use, you know. But we did everything we could to find that party. We, I ge- genuinely, yeah. very genuinely searched, like, yeah. so long and so hard and even contacted people on YouTube in different places, like, to find out where they got it, like, from and all these different things because it was clearly ripped from so many different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just been impossible. So we're uh, basically just writing it out for now. I, I would love to bring up how we chose the themes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I think that's a fun story. So we all sort of came up with a, a bunch of different songs. We sat around a table, and then we started um, playing all these different songs. I mean, way too many songs. We were playing so, Over 20. Over yeah. 20 songs. So many. And then the first thing we did was go through, and all of us individually wrote down a review for each song. Like a very, like a one-word review. <laughs> well, we, that's the thing. We didn't have a common scale. Some we people wrote numbers. Some people put stars. Eleni put, a, like, <laughs> sentences. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she put sentences that are Hey, that like really defines our play style, you know. We, we're not all playing the same game, <laughs> but we have fun anyway, and it works, I think. Yeah, and we all like we managed to narrow it down because we were like, oh yeah, well these one, this one had 25 stars, and I also wrote like I feel like I'm floating on the moon, so that seems good, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was, I, I, yeah, I, I remember that was actually no joke the last song. Uh, on the list of songs that we played because we had gone through and I think the thing was we had songs that we liked but like nothing that everybody felt strongly about and so we were just like I keep adding songs Mike has this huge list of like uh, you know music he's discovering we're, we're listening to songs listening to songs listening to songs and then we came to that one and it was so different from all the rest all the like uh like chip tunes, yeah, like, chip yeah. tunes, like cyberpunk inspired things, yeah. and it felt so much more like the nature of what we were doing, yeah. which was this campy like '80s future throwback. Um, and I, you know, there was a little more discussion after that, but I think that one uh, uh, very clearly came to the front. Yeah, what I think is funny, like when we were when we were picking that, is like when that one came on, everyone like laughed and was like, uh, "Is that one too stupid?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I feel like there's, like, there's like oh, there's no way we can do that. That's too good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just crazy to think that we almost picked something else over that. For, a while, for a while, we would play it and dance to it before we would record. Yeah, it yeah. warmed up. Good warm-up. That yeah. sax riff really just, I mean, it yeah. feels yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, I, uh... You know, when I, when I first heard about it, I was very hesitant because, like, a Shadowrun podcast, that's going to be just lots of dice rolling. That will be the most boring thing ever. <laughs> I'll give it a try. And it got to the theme tong- song, and I'm like, okay, actually, no. No, I'm, I'm with this. Like, that's kind of what sold me. <laughs> and made me like, well, no, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to stick with this and find out what's what this is about. You're um, I, a listener. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why, uh, I mean, why Shadowrun? I mean, yes, there, you know, there's, it, it's, it's a fun system, it's a cool world, but there's, you know... There's so many variations of D&D, so many like really rules-like system that I feel, you know, improvisers usually flock to. What was it about Shadowrun that made all of you say, no, this is the one that we want to do? It wasn't the rules or anything. It was just the setting. Um, yeah. I, we like cyberpunk stuff, and Shadowrun was just, like, the first thing that I, I started listening to on, like, actual plays. And had I done more research, you know, we might be playing, like, Cyberpunk 2020 like one of these other cyberpunk games, but we just sort of fell into and committed to Shadowrun. And it's fun, and it's cool, and it rips. 
Yeah, I, I was gonna say one one thing that definitely drew me to it was I've actually played a lot of the video games. Uh, the Catalyst, right? That's the producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The game company or whatever. Catalyst Labs. Yeah, uh, and they essentially built a Shadowrun game that's essentially on like the XCOM engine, and so it's like all turn-based tactical stuff. But um, but I remember like I played a bunch of those games, and then Mike was like, "Yeah, we're playing like the tabletop version of Shadowrun at my house. Like, do you want to come over?" And I was like. Hell yeah, that is the sweetest, like, the setting and the environment to that game is just, like, I don't know, I feel like it's like a nerd's paradise, because it really does, like, hit all of the different things at the same time. Now, were these the new ones that just came out a couple of years ago, or is this, like, the original one for, like, the SNES from, like, 93? Yeah, I'm talking about the the more recent ones, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree with that sentiment. Uh, Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's the world. Although, yeah, at this point, it's like I have a sort of affection for the density of that that book and the the specificity of of that thing. I couldn't imagine like trying to run it off of a D and D thing. Like, just 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 you know, I I don't know. I like I like that it's so frustrating to get through because once <laughs> you can like because it, it it gives everything such weight, such sort of there's like. You know, there's an idea of like real world consequences for for all of these actions that you know need to be figured out by these weird dice rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that like when you get to the end of that and you can figure out how to do it in a really fast, good way, um, then it's 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 very satisfying. Got it. So, I mean, all of you have a very strong improv background. Do you feel that, I guess, kind of the weightiness of the rules, does that get in the way of your improv and of just kind of the goofy things that you can do? Or does it complement it? How how do you balance that out? Just because, I mean, for an improv person, this this is probably not what I would have gone with. And y'all make it work, and it's amazing. And it's just, it, it fascinates me every time that I listen to it that uh, there's still such goofiness and off the cuff for something that, you know, every time I try to run it, I spend, you know, 20 minutes looking up the rules about how to shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting better at the rules. So, like, the time that's spent looking up how many dice to roll and, like, which way a grenade is going to bounce is made... <laughs> is made... <laughs> that's just so stupid. It's just stupid. Um, it... Just let the grenade explode when you throw it. <laughs> I think that time is more bearable, but also like when we first started out and it was like 10 minutes to like look up one of Casey's spells yeah. uh, as tech wizard, we would just like fill that void with our own little like dumb bits to get through it. Or we would like sing songs about like rolling dice or looking up rules. And <laughs> that's where PB came yeah. from. Yeah. PB what? Oh, yeah. PB, yeah. I'm waiting for Casey to figure out his drain and his spells, and yeah. we would be in silence, and then just PP1 and PP all the people. put this just on me, all yeah, right? We you have no idea. I, I want to say I edit the podcast, and I edit so much of the friggin' rules looking up and uh, math and deliberation out of the show. Yeah, I probably do a fair amount of like, I'm going to do this move, and then one of the guys will say, what stats do you have that support that? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. Uh, impersonation. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shoot this man in the skull. I can impersonate I'm gonna, a bullet. I'm going to impersonate someone who can shoot a gun. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's creative. And they're like, yeah. you have to have met that guy to impersonate him. I'm like, do I? Uh, one thing I was just going to say is, uh, one, I'm also, of, of the group, I'm also the, one of the people who really loves all of the rules and the granularity of the Shadowrun system, uh, but one thing I think that this group is really good at is, uh, like, the mechanics are, like, unforgiving sometimes, and Ganon will enforce them so that we aren't, like, pulling off insane, like, stunts all the time, and so there's times where our characters just, like, try to do something cool and just straight up eat dirt and, like, do not pull it off, and I think that's Honestly, like, the coolest thing about doing an actual play podcast is, like, not just doing straight-up improv where you can do whatever you want. You're, like, actually interacting with a system that's, like, throwing you curveballs constantly. And so it's, like, being this character and having to, like, react in the moment and be like, oh, so I tried to do this, like, cool thing, and then instead I, like, slipped, fell, and I hurt myself instead, and now we have to, like, figure out our way out of this new situation we're in. Mm. Got it. Got it. Um, so we, uh, we briefly kind of introduced all the, uh, all the various characters earlier. Um, so when you sit down to do this, and you're you know, you're, you're approaching this from, like, what's a character that I can play long term that I can keep interesting for other people paying attention? Like, h- how do you approach character design? 
whenever you you were sitting down to make you know deck rambo and tech wizard and pox like where did all that come from i i think one of the reasons why uh gannon and i were so drawn to Shadowrun initially is because of just like how trapped in the past it feels it's like mm-hmm. you know Shadowrun now it's a little more like modern there's like wi-fi and like blu-ray stuff going on but like when it first came out we like the old images of Shadowrun where it's like people with giant keyboards plugging them into like pay phones to have <laughs> like the like, 80s version of the future yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally. so we would like watch big trouble in little china and like just make jokes about it and we also got really into this other movie called um cuffs <laughs> which is a a uh, christian slater movie where he plays like this hotshot cop in san francisco it's like kind of bad but also like it's in that campy we, category. We started watching this movie just like, I was like, what's this? Cuffs starring Christian Slater. We started watching it like, man, this sucks. I'm mad. I'm going to joke about it. Like, But like in hindsight, I think that movie rules. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's got the, it's got like the Ferris Bueller framing device where a guy keeps on looking at the camera, Christian Slater, like being like, yeah, can you believe this? They made me a cop in San Francisco. Me. Anyway, I got this turkey. I make the best turkey in town. And, like, yeah, and he like just, he just like killed someone and it's like, this doesn't, this guy is not phased about committing murder, but he's like joking to a camera. And like Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China is kind of like that too with his like soliloquies into the, into the, uh, uh, his like, radio? his radio. And we were both working at a trucking, like a place sort of loosely related to trucking. And I personally, when I role play, I just love to pick a character that I feel cool as. And I know that to other people, they cannot be cool. They really have to only be cool to themselves because, you know, you have to lose. You need to lose to like have an interesting character, I think. And but if I feel cool, then I'm having fun. And I felt cool making Dak Rambo this like trucker who doesn't want to kiss anyone's ass and has like a horrible '80s sensibility of like mugging to the camera almost. <laughs> and if I can feel cool as a character, then I can have fun and like live in it. So that was that was Dak. Can I, can I say kind of just kind of related to that, but like the opposite, like I, I had originally, uh, when we first started playing, I, I made this character, Tom Starchild, <laughs> who was uh, literally David Bowie. He It turned out he was like an old world elf and he survived the whole time. But this was before uh, Bowie passed away. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it was like, it, it was cool. And, but the thing was like, <clears throat> Tom Starchild was so cool because David Bowie is so cool. Uh, and I feel like, I don't do a great job playing cool characters because, like, un- unlike Mike, I don't have the same impulses to win. Like, I-, I feel like my natural instinct is to follow, like, the losses. So when we were talking about, like, new characters for, for la- relaunching this-, this-, this thing into an actual podcast or something, uh, we were j- I know we were just shooting off names and stuff, and Tech Wizard came up. And then we were just laughing about the fact that, like, what if, like, a tech wizard, that's just like saying, like, you know, Neo Tokyo or something. You just add some fancy high tech thing to the front of a thing and it becomes the future version. (laughs) So he's not actually, he doesn't have anything to do with technology. He's just the tech wizard because it's in the future. And uh, we thought that was really funny. And, like, naturally, uh, we released this one video that Ganon did. Um, of the very first time I, I played the character uh, within, uh, again, again, I had done the animation for um, this scene that was pre-podcast. And uh, it was just like immediately like having Blair and Mike in a scene who are both so f-ing good at like <laughs> painting you into a corner and making <laughs> you look like an <laughs> It was like, and so I just like, I leaned into that. And it became, like, so fun to play Tech Wizard like that, to be this loser who desperately wants to be cool and desperately wants to be these, you know, things he's not. Anyway, talk too long about that. No, that's, <laughs> that's where you came from. All right, uh, Blair, what about you? Where where, uh, where did the character of Z come from? Uh, yeah, so uh, Zenith... Uh, well, so originally I was playing this character... Uh, for a while called Hans, who was just like a straight up street samurai. He had a bunch of like cybernetic implants and he was just like, he was like super charismatic and then would do a lot of violent acts. And at some point I was like, well, if we're gonna like make this into a long-term thing, one thing that I find really interesting about Shadowrun is the Matrix as like that sort of being like a core 
concept of sort of like adding it on top of all of this other like magic and uh, sort of like other combat stuff. And so uh, I played Zenith earlier in when we first started playing together. Uh, and it, it's just like a really fun character because there are so many like weird rules about the Matrix. Like Ganon and I have had several like uh, being like the rules dudes, like several conversations where we're like both trying to suss out exactly how the Matrix works from a rules perspective and how to like how uh, how to get that kind of like involved in the rest of the group. Um, but I, I think too, like on top of that, like something that really interests me is like how much. Uh, like we talk a lot about like the corporations in Shadowrun because that's sort of like a major theme in the game and I kind of like the idea of playing a character who uh, has like a lot of experience on that end and Xena's sort of like whole aesthetic is kind of that he's this like cybernetic experimental dude who like kind of came out of nowhere and has all of these like weird things attached to him and like not only does he not quite understand everything but is like sort of actively figuring out how to use a lot of those things um, yeah, and it's just, I mean, again, it kind of comes back to the Shadowrun world. It's, like, a very fun uh, place to uh, kind of, like, explore. But I guess, like, from a more, like, personality side, Zenith is very, very close to my actual personality, except for he can hack into people's computers really quickly, and I have no idea how to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I also just, it suddenly occurred to me, looking at, uh, looking at the four of y'all, each one of you is playing a very different character type, and in Shadowrun, that means you're effectively dealing with four different rule sets. Um, just because magic has nothing to do with the Matrix, which has nothing to do with real life, and Adept is a whole other thing. Uh, Ganon, how do you how do you juggle all that? And uh, Eleni, we are going to come back to you. Just uh, this is something that I'm curious about. Um, you know, I I my main goal is just to create a a a, 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 wor a world that hopefully makes sense within itself. And that does not bow or, you know, try to create. I'm not trying to create fun little ramps necessarily for the group to to jump off of. Like, oh, I know this is going to be great for an adept, or oh, I know this is going to be great for a wizard. Every now and then, I might be like, oh, this will be great for a trucker, but that'll just be because I'm making roads or like being like, oh, well, they got to go from A to B, so they'll probably drive Xanadu to get <laughs> from there. So I assume that's what's going to happen, but I wouldn't, you know, bank on it. It's it's more just like making. Making a cruel and unforgiving world that exists with its own rules and laws um, that these guys have to navigate through with the abilities they have. So I, I try not to build it for them. I see. I like to see what they can do with what they have, with what uh, is created. Yeah, it does. All right, and uh, Eleni. So what about Pox? Where did she come from? Uh, so since I was the final addition to the group i kind of uh listened to everybody else's character they they already had their ideas set um and i i was like okay well i don't necessarily want to be dealing with magic or i don't want to necessarily be dealing with the matrix but this add up thing sounds really cool like i could do some cool gymnastic stuff and <laughs> um the other thing about pox i think she's kind of mysterious uh she's a runaway um, sort of more of a shadowy character, and I, that was sort of my feeling about this game in general, because I wasn't really familiar with it, so I sort of, um, I guess, accidentally put that into the, the character, and as time goes on, I learn more about her, I'm inventing more about her, um, yeah, so, uh, also the English accent, at the time, <laughs> I was understudying a play where, uh, I was supposed to have an English accent, so I was like, yeah, just one more opportunity for me to practice. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and I went to grad school in England. I'm, okay. like, very fond of English uh, culture and and all that, so, you know, it was sort of my nod to my time there. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I was like, I'm going to be English all the time if I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, uh, every time I've tried to I've been in Scotland for four years, but every time I try to give a character a Scottish accent, everyone here just kind of looks at me and goes like, no. Yeah. 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 yeah, My friends would always say, I would be like, do I sound English? And they'd be like, you sound like someone who's lived here for a while. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, oh, I'll accept that. that. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, So one thing that, uh, I mean, kind of the purpose behind Performance Check is to take people like y'all who, you know, you've got, you're trained in theater, you're trained in improv, um, you're making these, you know, amazing and fun actual plays and helping them translate, you know, what they're hearing 
on like on the podcast or what they're seeing on a Twitch stream or something into their actual games. So as y'all have you know spent time you know recording and working on an actual play, how has that changed how you do like just your regular games that are off mic? Like what kind of things have you learned um, that you know at, when you're performing for other people? That and how has that changed your just your regular role playing? Uh, one thing I was going to say, this is like super specific, uh, but the thing I really like about how Ganon runs a game is that he will kind of like let us sneak into the NPC uh, department a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I guess I wouldn't recommend that like every single game people run should like let the let all the players like also be NPCs and stuff. Uh, but like, I and I don't know if he actually wanted us to do this or if we just started doing <laughs> it and he didn't like deliberately stop us. Uh, but like the... Uh, uh, one thing I've like had a lot of fun doing, and I think all of us have like done it over the course of this uh, podcast, is like, uh, yeah, like uh, we'll just have a random character walk up. Like if our character isn't in the scene, why not just like come up as like a random health dude who's like begging for change or something? Um, and I think that can like kind of help like the whole group like fill out a world a little bit, just because like uh, it gives it gives like the players a little bit more ownership of the environment you're in, uh, in addition okay. to like just the GM constructing all that. Yeah. And, and to, to that, to that, the, the, like the, the players, I, I, I know that there'd probably be some hardline gamers who would not be down with people jumping into NPCs and this and that. Um, there's two things behind that. If I can be so uh, pretentious as to swing my expertise around, <laughs> but uh, you know, like we've all done improv. We've t- have taken a sh- classes on improv one of those the standard like cliche horrible phrases you hear from from everyone who does improv that is yes yes and and, yeah yes and jesus christ it's just like yes um it's it it works it works it's really it's really useful i I want as as a gm i try to do um always I, i my advice to other gms would be to always try like if people are having fun People are having fun and having a good time and excited to do something. If that runs against the rules, see how you can make it work with the rules. Because it's really way more important that people are stoked than like that 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 some artifice of a world has or you know uh, rules have to be built up behind it. So 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 I, I definitely always in any in any role playing situation here in the podcast, I'm always trying to consider the yes option of allowing them to do whatever they want in that circumstance. Even in the times where I shoot them down and be like, eh, no, we can't really do that in this situation. <laughs> That's only because it would unravel the tenets of the, in my opinion, of of of, uh, of the world that I made. But also, like, to having these guys like playing NPCs, I understand that I'm just one guy and that my perception of the world is an incomplete thing and. I'm I'm coming at it from this perspective where I'm just trying to like, this is my idea of the world. I'm building a world with my idea of the world and everything I like by having other people jump in. It's like, Oh, I'm an NPC. Oh, actually this is true. Okay. This is my idea. If, if, if those are also true, that will only improve um, the quality of the world that they are in because it, it can only be incomplete coming from my own brain, but bring more people's brains into it and you'll have a more foolproof, uh, better kind of world and, and it gives like more player buy-in because it's like I know that this world is Ganon's world but I know that that one stupid NPC that I made is also <laughs> living in this world so then it's super real you, you say no I mean, if you're still got I have one other thing I wanted to say when we first started um, we would play uh, like I think before Shadowrun we got really into Fiasco yeah and yeah. Um, great system we we really had a lot of fun with Fiasco. We would play these like legendary games, and like we recorded one. And like I swear to God, if we transcribe this and like clean it up a little bit, mm-hmm. it would be like an amazing screenplay. But the thing it was like the games are only like three hours or so, maybe four or five, if you're like really getting into it. And by the end of it, your like character is dead or they've gotten what they wanted. But we all like knew that the point of the game was like tell a really cool. story story and i know story doesn't matter but like the the choices that we can make can be like epic choices and like failing is like super cool and as long as we're all on the same page and and like not metagaming or something then it's like okay if you play an npc or something because we all want the same thing we all want this like narrative where whatever this slice of of americana to like taste good 
we want that pie to be a good pie. <laughs> and um, I think that game really helped us because it got us sort of all in alignment on like what what makes us feel good when we stop playing. We're like, wow, that was really epic. Dak Rambo really lost. And I, I'm not mad about that because it was awesome. Mm. Also, Dak Rambo hasn't lost yet. <laughs> and he never will. Um, but Casey, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, just one little quick add-on to, to uh, what Mike and Gannon were saying earlier, which I think is uh, so telling about the kind of way we, we play our game and and how the, like, you know, whatever, the spirit of yes and can, uh, I guess, infest, the, like, the entire nature of a role-playing game where that isn't usually the case, which is something that Dak Rambo does all the time. This is apart from us playing other characters. Like, Mike as Dak Rambo knows everybody. If a new character comes on, like, in, in like, like, eight times out of ten, four out of five, He's going to, like, give them a name or be, like, you know, say something. And any other uh, uh, GM that was running some tight game that's like, no, I have a very um, solid backstory for this person. They are a cog in the wheel of uh, – or in the gears of my story and it needs to go down a certain way would be like, no, you don't know him. You don't know him. And Ganon immediately, you can hear him, like <laughs> – there's even a couple times where he's like – uh, <laughs> like, uh, yep. Hey, Dak. And you can hear that. Yeah, and, and uh, I can't hear it. You no, know, and uh, and and that's like, and that's what makes uh, I think our show so fun is even at that very, very low level, uh, um, uh, that low level amount of yes and really totally changes the nature of what a role-playing game can be. All right, fantastic. Uh, so we're just about drawing up on time. I don't want to keep y'all. Uh, I don't want to keep y'all too late. Uh, but and before we go, any kind of last thoughts, opinions, especially for people who are, you know, who have been listening to, you know, to anything on the One Shot Network, but who have been listening to Neoscom and I, you know what? Yeah, I could start my own podcast. I could do this. I've got a good group of you know talented friends. Are there any things that you guys have learned in the last? What I think you've done eleven episodes so far that you say, right, now we're experts and this is all the wisdom that we can pass on to everybody else. I guess on a more like personal level, I think we all are pretty good at communicating with each other or have become much better at communicating with each other and being honest on things that are behind the scenes, you know, opinions on stuff or if there's, um, you know, nothing is perfect. You're not going to have an amazing time a million percent of the time. There will be occasions where someone's like, you know, I feel like crappy. And then we stop and then we're like, let's talk about that. Why do we feel crappy? And then we all come out of it being better and being closer. And that strengthens our, our play, I think. I think it makes us all more comfortable to actually express ourselves. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, like, uh, you, uh, as, like, listeners, if you've listened to our podcast, like, you've heard the best of the best of everything we've ever, like, put into a microphone. Um, and, like, uh, I mean, especially, and, you know, props to Casey, because he's an excellent editor, but that, that's kind of, like, the aspect of it is, like, um, not everything, like, you don't have to have every single session be perfect. You know, like, you, you can have a session and be like, hey, like, we, you know, we didn't feel great about that. Let's, like, take that back and, like, do some other uh, stuff or, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the biggest thing is, like, don't get discouraged, uh, because, like, I think there were a lot of times where we came out of a recording session being maybe a little down on ourselves, and then when we heard the finished product, it was like, oh, my God, this is funnier than the last episode. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, and definitely to Lenny's point of just, like, just being straight up, and, like, the more honest you can be with people that you're working with, it's always just makes everything so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Casey, has there ever been anything you've had to cut out that you just desperately wish you could have kept in? I, uh, I'm trying. I'm very honestly trying to think. We've uh, lost some stuff. We yeah. Okay, that's that's a great point. There is some. Um, uh, I mean, we, we were having some issues. Um, you actually hear it in the most recent episode. There's some weird sound stuff going on, and then it suddenly like changes back. That's because the recording had just stopped uh, for some reason, and had done this a couple times, and we'd actually lost some stuff. There- oh. Yeah. yeah, there was a session where we recorded something for like 40 minutes and then realized we had never pressed record. 
and then went back and sort of redid it, but kind of differently, <laughs> and then realized it had stopped recording, and then we were like, okay. That well, was this last one. Yeah, and it was like, all right, well, we're just going to not do any of what we just did at all, because we can't do it three times. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I think there's also, back to like the stuff that hasn't made it out, some of the stuff that happened when we were still like sitting in a living room with these like janky mics set up, some of that stuff like pre Neoscum, oh my God, it was so good. There was like, yes. one of my happiest memories was like Gannon, we had just completed a mission and I think Gannon had like a another mission lined up and he was like, what do you guys want to do? And we're like, we want to go to get food. And we went to this like triad owned oh my god like dance club and somehow we improvised our way into the basement and there was like a uh, mutant cockfighting ring going on and <laughs> I, I like just flippantly was just like yeah Gannon I bet all of my money I bet like eight thousand new yen on this one chicken and then like Gannon behind his screen like rolled some dice. And was like, okay. Uh, and he described that it was super, it sounded awesome. Gannon did a great job describing it. But we won. And we got a shit ton of money. And like, we never have a shit ton of money. It's always like, oh, damn, we have to spend all of our money on fixing Xanadu or some bullshit. And this was like, we just went on a binge. And it was just like living out all of your fantasies of having a ton of money. And crazy stuff happened that could not have made it out because it was just like, too risque and inappropriate, <laughs> but it was just a really great time. Um, so yeah, some of that stuff is just lost to the ages, but it's still true in the world, right. unless. Well, we do have a recording of that, so. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually, I just have one thing that I did think of uh, while he was talking is just uh, the one thing sometimes that I miss is just like the banter that we capture before we record and during breaks and things like that when we are just recording the session sometimes there's just like there's so many like great fun things that just have no place in the podcast but are just so fun and funny yeah because being around these guys is just like the most amazing thing and uh that's why i started trying to put like little pieces of that at the start and end of every episode just because it's like yeah other people deserve to hear at least that one goof that happened completely outside of the bounds of the podcast, you know, anyway, so that's it. Okay, and you were saying, like, uh, in terms of advice of people who want to do a similar thing, do not seek perfection. There is no perfection. Perfection is the <laughs> ultimate enemy. That's all I'll say on that. Um, when when we first started, the, the reason I, I wanted to do this mainly was just because I also just wanted to play this game. And, like, even in all of our recordings, like, sure, we're making this podcast, too, but it's still just fun to, like, do this make-believe thing and, like, play. And at, like, the very least, even when we, like, lose our recordings, it's still, like, worth it to be with my friends and be able to all live in this make-believe world that for so long I would, like, was unable to find people to play, like, D&D with or to do role-playing games. I think a lot of people probably listen to actual play podcasts because they want to play and maybe they don't have the people around who are willing to sit and read a book like Gannon did that's like 600 pages of just like an incorrect table of contents. From the Shadowrun people. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we will improve your system if you pay us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like even if like Anna said, even if it's not perfect, at least, like, you're still doing something that's fun, I hope. And that itself, in itself, is its own reward, so. Yeah. All right, so uh, for people who want to know a little bit more about all of you individually, where can uh, where can people find you online? Uh, Mike, we'll go ahead and start with you. Um, you can find me on Twitter or Twitch at It's Migdal Time. The Twitter account is... I, like, have a better idea of what I'm doing. Twitch, I have no idea. I just, like, I'm just figuring it out. So <laughs> bear with me. Got it. All right, and uh, Blair, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blair underscore Brit. Uh, and then you can also look me up at thecrowdtheater.com. Uh, it's a theater run in Chicago. Okay, great. And uh, Gannon, what about you? 
Yeah, um, I'm gonna throw in a plug just for the general Neo Scum Twitter at Neo Scum. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Gannon Radio. I mostly just lurk, but I, I'll talk. I love talking. <laughs> uh, and uh, I also am the artistic director of a weirdo theater around Chicago. Check out the Runaways Lab Theater on Facebook. I promise it f***ing rules. It's good theater. <laughs> All right, and uh, Alini, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram if you want, uh, at Electric Eleni. And I don't know what I'm doing on either of those, but, you know, feel free. I also just realized I think I've been mispronouncing your name the entire time. It's Eleni? Eleni, yes. Okay, sorry. You Have you been saying Eleni? Yeah. i got an uncle sorry. who calls me that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Casey. Yeah. yeah, so uh, you, you can uh, find me on Twitter uh, as well as uh, Casey Pony, P-O-N-E-Y, uh, for all your hot neo-scum retweets <laughs> and faves, which is basically my, my uh, Twitter activity right now. But, um, but really, I mean, I just want to take a second to, if you're talking about Twitter, Mike Migdahl is a protector of the brand. He, yeah. he really keeps that, that Neo Scum account popping. Yeah. So if, if your fans out there interacting, uh, thank Mike McDowell for his service. Don't thank me. Thank Don't, you. <laughs> thank. At Neo Scum, baby, McDowell time. It's yeah. McDowell time. Check us out. Fantastic. Well, th- thank you all very much. Uh, for those of you who want to uh, want to get back in touch with me, uh, you can reach out to me at John underscore M underscore Green on Twitter. Or you can check out my work on Drive Through RPG under Edge of the Frontier, uh, Western RPG using the uh, the Star Wars Edge of the Empire rules. And you can also reach out to us at thetomeshow at gmail.com. And uh, I'd like to thank again the cast of Neoscum for uh, for agreeing to come on and talk to me about their uh, weird, crazy, fantastic podcast. Thank you. And we will see, see you. the rest of you next time. Thanks. Bye, John. Bye. 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 Bye.